Those with a drive to go have an undeniable calling. They are not content to simply have a transformative idea. They want to create and build. They want to wrestle challenges to the ground and bring solutions to scale. They are makers and doers. They are go-getters. Go-getters features straight-up conversations with leaders on the forefront of change who are taking action to impact our world, just as Lehigh people have done for more than 150 years. Join us as we explore their challenges, their passions, and what makes them go. Hello and welcome to Go-Getters. I'm your host today, Kate Reculia. I'm a writer in the Office of Development and Alumni Relations here at Lehigh. Lehigh people are creative and passionate, and I love learning about them and the work that they're doing in the world. Today, I am excited to welcome Lehigh University Class of 1994 alumni Matt Berman, Andrew Cotchen, and Tom Zoli of architecture firm Workshop APD. Co-founded by Matt and Andrew in 1999, it has offices in New York City, Minneapolis, and Greenwich, Connecticut, teams in Nantucket, Palm Beach, and Denver. Tom Zoli joined as principal architect in 2011. Uh, they've described it to me as a unicorn architecture firm <laughs> with various specialties, high-end residential, new construction, commercial development, hospitality, interiors, and now custom furniture and lighting design. Uh, and in 2022, they published their first monograph of their work, Workshop APD Homes, Architecture, Interiors, and the Spaces Between, uh, which is beautiful photography of 20 of their projects, ranging from modern penthouses to sophisticated coastal getaways. They are highly respected thought leaders in their field. In 2023 alone, this is the part where I talk about your accomplishments. <laughs> like, this is sounding Can really we nice. say yeah. this because nobody's ever given us a buildup like this before? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. by all means. Yeah. Copy-paste uh, this. I'm, feels I'm really this great. Right the Just raining yeah. accolades on us. Bask in it. Bask in yeah. it. And it's all because of Lehigh. Oh, fantastic. Yes. You You're, go. Thank you yeah. for saying that. Yeah. Shameless plug. <laughs> uh, in 2023 alone, they were named to the A-list by El Decor, Lux Gold List by Lux Interiors and Design. They made the top 100 hospitality and sustainability giants list from Interior Design Magazine. And over the last decade and a half, Workshop APD has grown from an office of 10 to an office of over 100 with over 150 current projects. We are so excited to have you here. I'm going to introduce each of you individually, say hi, so our listeners can understand what your voices sound like. So, Matt Berman. Hi, Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, you have a BA in architecture and a BA in Spanish from Lehigh, class 94, a master in architecture from Columbia University. You started in architectural journalism and had uh, a lot of experience writing with some giants in the field. You worked on a book uh, with, uh, he's at Columbia, correct, Bernard? Um, uh, Shumi? He was. He, he was, was the dean of Columbia. Yeah, yep. Dean of School of Architecture. Uh, worked with critic Cynthia Davidson. You hosted a TV show about skyscrapers <laughs> uh, prior to co-founding APD. Welcome. The TV show was while I was while we were uh, after we had started APD. Oh, was it? Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, and Andrew Kachin, co-founder of a Workshop APD, BA in architecture from Lehigh, Master of Architecture from the University of Michigan. Go blue. Woo. Uh, you ran your own firm on Nantucket prior to co-founding APD. I did. Welcome. 
Thank you for having us. <laughs> and Tom Zoli, Principal Architect, Workshop APD, BA in Architecture from Lehigh, Master of Architecture from Syracuse University. Uh, tremendous experience with previous forums before joining a Workshop APD, uh, including Richard Gluckman, which is now Gluckman Tang, and numerous projects, including Guggenheim Hudson Yards, Syracuse University's Architecture School, uh, and then you joined APD, Workshop APD, to give Hi. the full name in 2011. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. We have found when people just refer to it as APD, they oftentimes say ADP and confuse us with the payroll payroll company. company. Yep. So we tend to like bolting on the workshop to it. It, it gives a it, more holistic vibe to who we are. Workshop more often than we call it APD. APD. Yeah. What does the APD stand for? Oh, so, you know, there's the million dollar question. Ooh. First one to ever ask. Wow. So <laughs> shocker. So right, I think I think in 25 years, one person has ever actually figured it out. Really? Yeah. Well, Andrew's name obviously starts with an A, so right. most people assume. That there's some combination. To do with, with Andrew, yeah. Which, you yeah. know, is appropriate. Sure. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get to the roots of that. Is it architecture you know something? Planning and design. 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 Yeah. Planning and design. Yeah. Yep. Which awesome. at the time when we were sitting around, I don't know, maybe we'll get there, but we've, we wanted a, a name that wasn't about two people hmm. and their names, knowing that we wanted to grow beyond just ourselves. And you have. And so... <laughs> At the time, we, we've settled in the workshop very quickly. We both, both Matt and I were like, oh, that's a great name. And then for whatever reason, we really hemmed and hawed over this idea of a backslash and a couple letters that, like, expanded on what we could do. And it, it's proven to be complicated over the years, <laughs> well, to, be, to time, be truthful. This yeah. was a time, uh, you know, back at the at sort of the turn of the millennium when there were a lot of firms. You had Rem Coolhouse and mm. OMA. Mm -hmm. right? Office for Metropolitan Architecture. And you had, you had a lot of friends right. doing Acronyms things like were that. big. Yeah. Acronyms were, huge, were big. Yeah. It was, a big it was the smartest it. thing we never knew we did. <laughs> it was the smart. And, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, later. But when you have a firm that's named by the founders, mm. or named the, the name is of the founders, then it's very difficult to scale that firm. Right. It's very difficult to elevate other people, to put other people in leadership roles, mm. and really promote the brand independently from the person. From the people, yeah. So we fortunately, have now really been able to grow the brand, lean into the brand, develop the brand, market the brand, independent from the two the two of us or even the three of us. Yeah. yeah, that's so smart. Again, the smartest thing you never knew you did. I want to get back to that question, <laughs> but I want to start before we get there. So, Andrew and Matt, you grew up about 45 minutes away from each other in Connecticut, but did not meet until you got to Lehigh. Correct. That so, is correct. can you just tell me just briefly a little bit about your lives before Lehigh? And what you, when you met each other at Lehigh, what that connection was like? Time before Lehigh was, grew up in, you know, divorced parents in the state of Connecticut. Lived with my mother in West Hartford, Connecticut. My father, who has since deceased, lived in Chester, Connecticut. And had a, you know, I had a, I had a great childhood. I was privileged enough to go to boarding school at a very young age. I went to Suffield Academy. Both my kids went there. My son is there now. My daughter graduated. My father went there. My brother went there. It's a big part of my life. And ultimately was not a great student in high school. So I originally went to American University for my freshman year of college. I thought I was gonna, really wanted to be into politics, even mm -hmm. though I always knew architecture was where I would end up. Mm -hmm. But I, I loved politics. And so I enjoyed my year in D.C., but ultimately believed it was not the right place for me to continue my young academic career. Transferred to Lehigh, came in as a sophomore for architecture, was very mm -hmm. excited to come here because I had an undergraduate degree in architecture. And um, and Matt was one of the first people I met. Mm. He was, you know, I, I maybe I think I met him in the halls of the architecture department. And just we had, I think, a fairly instant connection. As you know, at the time, Lehigh was a very Greek-oriented school as mm -hmm. well. So as we talked about before, Matt was in the 
fraternity that I ultimately pledged and was my big brother mm-hmm. in the fraternity <laughs> was a, was actually a terrible big brother. He decided, <laughs> terrible. He decided terrible. to go abroad the semester that I was actually he going was to pledge. Such so a he good was big brother. He was like, you can do it. A, a friendship <laughs> survived yeah. that yeah. as a foundational Think component <laughs> was a, a, a pretty great thing. And then once Matt came back for what was our junior year, mm-hmm. we were both in the program together. I think, as we mentioned, heavily influenced by Tony Viscardi at the time. Mm-hmm. And so really connect, created a a pretty strong bond at that time. Yeah. And Tom you, was above us, sort of hovering in a, in a different space well, I went, academically. <laughs> so. I did a year in Italy mm. during your guys' senior year. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I went and I, I leaned into Italy hard. Mm. I learned Italian. I lived with Italians. I worked at, I got a bartending job. I was. Oh, I would so imagine bartending in Italian, you learn Italian very quickly. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a learning. <laughs> Were you also a bartender at, at the, the Tally Ho? Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought I remembered Absolutely. that. Yeah. Did yeah. your experience, yeah, how yeah. did your experience in Italy inform that? <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. How, did, how did my experience bartending in Italy inform my bartending experience in, at the Tally, at the Tally Ho? It's a really great Lehigh question. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, to be honest, you know, bartending is really just about engaging people, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, and that's it, that it, bartending is a master class in being able to immediately engage with people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you take away from it. That's what we were just in the uh, Christine Usler's uh, class, you know, just talking with all the students. And, and uh, you know, I very specifically said, just don't put your, you know, waitress at or waiter at mm-hmm. Applebee's. On your resume, it's not helping you get an architecture job later on unless it's really meaningful to you. Right. right? And so, in an, it, to be honest, you know, working uh, in, in the restaurant industry growing up is really meaningful to a mm-hmm. lot of us. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. And yeah, so I worked in a coffee really shop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. It's really important. So include it if you can talk about it, if mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, was part of your, your you know, your journey. Um, well, it's interesting, too, because I think that. You know, when we talk about architecture, obviously yeah. the first thing people think about is design. Yep. Right? And physical and spaces. Physical yep. spaces. But it is a lot about client interaction. Right? Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. Yep. It yep. starts sales with connection. People. We yep. are sales. We, yep. we, we tap dance, right? Like, like, everyone, <laughs> like everyone else in the sales world. We are always out talking to clients, looking for prospective clients, selling ourselves, mm-hmm. selling our wares, our goods, you know, and our services to clients. And so the ability to just engage somebody in a conversation is 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 a, is a talent yeah. that should be cultivated, right? Yep. And there are a lot of people who I went to school with or who, you know, we know in the profession who are incredibly talented, mm. right? Just absolutely, you, you know that they have sheer genius inside of them, but they really freeze up when it comes to talking. People. Engaging somebody, people. Mm-hmm. And so it's a skill that you do have to hone over time. Yeah. And eventually you get comfortable with it. And even if it pushes you out of your comfort zone, you learn when to turn it on, turn it off. Yep. You're going to want to keep us on track because as we mentioned in our previous <laughs> conversation, we are ADD, so we're all over the place. Yeah. We're highly off track well, from no, where your questions is, went. This is oh, great. This, yeah. But, but all of this is related. I'm yeah. tie it back in yep. a little bit because I feel like Lehigh actually is one of those phenomenal sort of, mm-hmm. you know, um, very open type place to learn skills like that. Even like you started the ski club here, right? Didn't you? I thought that was something. Yes, like Tom. I ran. I, ra- I know. You the, ran. The, the, started all the ski team. Started, was, I ran it for two years, and yeah, I yeah, we, we tried to expand huge. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, well, it's ex- sort of a- it's experiential, like managing people. Like you said, sure. one of the reasons you didn't want to tie it to your names is you knew you wanted to bring more people into the business. You wanted it to grow. You understood that it wasn't just about you.
So, Tom, do you remember? So, you were older, you were wiser. Do you remember meeting I, <laughs> Matt and Andrew? <laughs> I, I do, I do. I, I, I met Matt. I think. Sorry, I met Matt at the at studio, mm-hmm. and I met Andrew at the bar. Mm. I think at the Tally Ho. I think probably, at <laughs> probably, Tally, or at like at the journey at Kappa Sig or something like yeah. that. I can't remember because uh, I was in Kappa Sig, mm-hmm. and and um, you know, at that time, I think it was actually at the bar that mm-hmm. time of my life uh but uh yeah you know it's it, i think that just like these two because they were the same year you know there's people you make instant connections with mm-hmm. and and you never forget them right i was talking to a, a woman who i've been a little disconnected with who was a lehigh grad yesterday and i was like i'm so glad that we're reconnected and she's and she said back to me she said well we've never really Disconnected. Disconnected. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll, we'll always be connected. Yeah. And it's such a, that was such a sort of really prescient kind of magical thing to say. Because uh, it's, it, to be honest, it's true. It's like yeah. the relationships you make here. Here. At this time together. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So how does this. Especially, oh, sorry, I'll add, especially in the School of Architecture. Yeah. You know, oh my Lehigh, God. Yeah. What was it? Then, what was it like yeah, right? back then? Back yeah. then we Sleeping were in Chandler Yeah. <laughs> We were in Chandler Roman, and we I, I, we were by no means the outcasts, but we were definitely different, right? Yeah. The school is a big engineering school, big mm-hmm. business school. The arts at that time were kind of fledgling, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think we were always the department that was pretty the scrappiest. Yeah. And I think that... Which does it, prepare you to run your own business. <laughs> uh, but it built a sense of community, and, and, and architecture students, even today, spend a lot of time in the studio, sleepless mm-hmm. nights in the studio, working all hours, when you're maybe not as much on the computer back then, yeah. right? we were building physical models, you need space to do that. You need mm-hmm. tools, materials, stuff. We were in the studio all night. And when you'd walk around campus, you would see that was the building that was lit up at 2, 3 in the at morning. At 2, 3 in the morning, yep. Right? And so, you know, while we might have all been in fraternities, that was almost our second fraternity, mm-hmm. that, or maybe our first. Right? Yeah. That, that's, those are the, that's the real community we had. Yeah. We all supported each other. We understood each other. We kind of you know, really, we're, we're, we're cheerleading each other yeah. Um, yeah. And, and learning from each other. I'm going to Wawa. What do you want? Totally. Yeah. totally. I mean, at three in the morning, right? Yeah. At three in the morning, going to Wawa. Wawa run. Yeah. So what, I mean, what would you say that experience gave you that you have taken through the rest of your lives, either like professionally or just like personally? What What did you learn in community running to Wawa at three in the morning? <laughs> well, I, I think what you, what you learn in any story, studio atmosphere, whether it's the creative arts or architecture, you learn how to speak. You learn how to talk about ideas. You learn how to communicate. You learn how to self-advocate for yourself and navigate the nuances of a department. Like Matt said, being nimble, whether it's starting a magazine that Matt sort of championed and led at, at Lehigh at the time. And those skills are different when you're sitting around a table in the classroom of 10 people yes. with a teacher talking at you. We never really had classes where we were being talked at. We were talking with mm-hmm. as a group. And that's what the arts gives you, which mm-hmm. is unique, where unfortunately a lot of people that weren't in the arts mm-hmm. or aren't choosing to take those courses don't get to experience. That. It's a very like one-way communication of note-taking, test, memory, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Ours was very much about engaging in the conversation, creating a relationship that actually shaped and informed your grade. Yep. Because how you connected, how your effort was translated into the work that you output, that's kind of the magic. That was the fun of it. And I think that's what our firm is today. Where yeah. Our firm is broken into a series of studios. We have different levels of connection with various people on our team. And it's really the same dialogue. Right. 
And people excel in our business who are able to speak up, mm-hmm. able to articulate thought, able to work communicate, together. work together, be team player, share the glory, share the misery, and move <laughs> things forward. No, it's, it's true. Yeah. You know, we don't want people who are only sort of taking the wind to themselves, and we don't want people that sort of push off the losses to mm-hmm. others. You've got to be able to see both sides of it. And I think very early in one's academic career in architecture, you learned how to fail fast. Yeah, you so got important. Crushed. Yeah. You, got, you were up, yeah. you were on mm-hmm. no sleep, as yeah. Matt said, and then you got crushed the next day by your professor. <laughs> and like that ability to reset, reposition yourself mm-hmm. and pivot, that's a skill that we use every day yes. in, a, in, our, yeah. in our careers. It's, it's very different to say, show me what you know, mm. right? right? Which is you know, test taking and pushing back information to you and things like that. Yep. Versus what have you show memorized? me how you think. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Show me how you think is a really tough question. It's mm-hmm. a broad question. And all of that, show me how you think through very complex problems, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the arts is. That's what the arts education is about. Yeah. Right? It's, it's we're having a conversation about how do you think? How clear is that thought expressed? And, you know, have you really thought it through? Where, yeah. where are the holes? Right. And that process of constantly thinking through something, being challenged by the people around you, whether it's the faculty or it's whether your peers talking about, hey, I don't see that or I don't see where this is going or, gosh, I really need to talk this through because I don't know where to take it. I'm stuck. Yeah. Right. Being able to understand that early on in your career is invaluable. Oh, yeah. It teaches you the art of collaboration. It teaches you where you're strong, maybe where you're weak. Plastic thinking, like just working together, all kinds of. And also the people part of it. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. I I love the art of. uh, What did you say? The art of. (laughs) Of thinking? No. Right before it was. um, I'll get back to it. But the. um, What I was going to say that one of those amazing sort of things that happens in studio is you start to understand that there's more than one solution, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And seeing other people's ideas translate on the same thing that you're working night and day on. Yeah. The exact same thing, and they're doing it totally, totally differently. differently. But know, just as... And just as creative, yeah. just as interestingly, just as, you know what I mean? And And oftentimes, I remember distinctly, you know, sometimes you'd see, you know, you would be working on whatever project it was, and... And there'd be somebody who was like really focused on the project that's, you know, this, it's, you know, basketball size. And then there's the person in studio who was building a whole room. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like, who's literally building Sesame Street set, you know, full blown, like crazy. Impact. Impact by scale. It was Mm -hmm. always incredible to see the sort of differential between like uh, differential outlet. Yep. So do you have favorite projects that you've worked on at Workshop APD or in, throughout your careers, actually? Without question. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. every project is a journey. Yeah. Every project is an experience and every project takes years. Yes. So I think each one of us in various stages in our career, there's projects we're more engaged in based on a whole host of factors. It may be the client. It may be the scale of the project. Maybe we have a visceral connection to the place or the program or whatever or it the is. Clients or, or, or yeah. the client or yeah. however it is. Um, 
but there's always a new favorite project, right? Mm-hmm. I think if we, if we don't have those, then we sort of fell flat professionally. Yeah. So people always say, well, what's your dream project? And I always kind of say the next the one. The next one, yeah. Like, right. wh- where is it going to take us? Mm-hmm. And What's the new challenge? So what's, what's the new thing I'm going to learn? What, yeah. What's the new challenge? I, I, I do think, though, that as a design professional, we're all on this sort of, like, endless progression of design thought where mm-hmm. each project is an extension of the one that you did behind it and watching and tracking that evolution over the past 25 years is really where that's kind of the favorite project, right? It's the endless loop that brings it all together because looking at one project in over one four-year period or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. It's that same kind of hyper-focus, right? Yeah. It it doesn't encapsulate how you got there Mm because you can never get to the favorite project with all the other ones behind it. And Mm -hmm. so from a design point of view, that's kind of that's really fun and yeah. interesting to think about. And as we get older, I know myself personally, I think about it a lot. Yeah. I constantly look at pictures of our completed work and think about, okay, well how did we get to there and the next one, what is what's go, what's the evolution of that idea going to be to make it better? Mm-hmm. And you see that thread in our work is, you know, for for those that don't know our, our work is very diverse. It doesn't mm-hmm. all look the same. It's all over the country and outside of the country in, in some on, on some projects. And what gets us excited is the fact that it isn't the same thing over right. and over again. There are many firms that have sort of created their brand identity style. through sameness and mm-hmm. style. And ours is more about through an experience. Mm-hmm. Iterative. And, and yeah. that, that is iterative and always evolving and always changing based on the context, based on the client, based on the budget. Yeah. And all of these other external circumstances that can help inform what the end product looks like. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, as you get older, you start thinking about these things. So you're, you're here where you went to school. I'm going to ask you to think, like, when you come to retire, what will you be most proud of a workshop APD having moved forward in architecture as a field? It's a big question. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Developing the minds of young professionals. I was going to say, it's very very focused on the group. Yeah. Very focused on the workshop. Good answer. We're really, really happy about the the people. Yeah. And the people that we've, you know, bolstered, taught, got together, Mm -hmm. insisted that some people don't like to learn new things every day. And who are those people? I don't know them. Part of our, that's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. And, and building that group has been, building workshop has been just such an immense sort of rewarding part of the process. And I, by the way, I was going to say, asking Melina to pick my daughter to pick a stuffed animal is the same as the analogy to picking your favorite project. Like, you know, they were like, no, they're all important. <laughs> Every single one is Every unique and precious one is to uniquely me. Important. Yeah. Exactly. Uniquely I think, precious. I think from a design point of view, though, I think where we might say we've left our mark or the mark mm. that we're kind of growing mm-hmm. is really about a nuanced understanding of a kind of a warm uh, American modern tradition. Mm. I think that we started our careers in very historic areas. Right? Yeah. We started our careers on Nantucket and mm-hmm. New York City. Yep. So areas steeped in history. So mm-hmm. you look at our work and you don't necessarily think that it's overtly historical, but it's certainly influenced by history. The work mm-hmm. we do on Nantucket, very influenced by early Nantucket work, simple forms. The work we do in the city understands relationships between spaces, understands the way that spaces were programmed, especially when you're talking about pre-war buildings and mm-hmm. things like that. So I think our work is always looking at a level of embellishment, a level of detail 
that sort of harkens back to some of the things that you might have seen in mm-hmm. kind of a more traditional space, but done in a more progressive, modern way. Yeah. And I think that when people think about modernism, they often think about spaces that are cold or antiseptic mm-hmm. or contemporary. Certainly when you think about, you know, European modernism, it takes on a very sort of slightly, well, much colder. Chilly. Chilly. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I think we all love these, yeah. beautiful, you know, some of these projects. But It's a different our, kind of beauty, yeah. It's a different kind of beauty. And our, our, our work is really finding a sweet spot in this more approachable, warmer, right. progressive American modern style, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. I think we're sort of really interested in, in more organic materials. We're interested in an intimacy in space. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those are really, in some ways, feel sort of very rooted in in an American ideology, if you were going to talk about a spatial identity, mm-hmm. that that's really where we're sort of finding our sweet spot. And I think that's ultimately where we continue to grow. It's where we continue to explore. Well, that's an American, a very evolving. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's the beauty of it is we, right. get, we get that design idea that Matt's creating there. Mm-hmm. That gets to evolve. Yeah. Right. You know, because we design really at the scale of everyday life. Uh, right? Yeah. And so the people who live in this. Right. Yep. And so it's not a constant. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's part of the amazing thing about going to work every day. And you get to work together. Yeah. How, I mean, well, that's not the good well, part. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's easy? Can you shut his yeah. mic off? <laughs> I mean, I can, but I won't. I'm the difficult one in the group. <laughs> I have a few more questions. My first one, do you have a favorite building on Lehigh's campus when you were architecture students? Then, now. I don't think we know the architecture now. of the campus now well enough to make a judgment call. As we yeah. were driving in today, we saw some of the newer, more modern buildings placed down on, down on the edge of campus. Yeah. I mean, I know when I was here, I loved Chandler Allman when I was Chandler here. I thought Allman the chimneys, chimneys. were a yes. defining element. Yep. And I still would imagine of the old core campus, that building is still spectacular. I've never seen any building anywhere like it. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yep. I mean— we love that building. It but, was yeah. home for us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. we had keys to get in and out. Yeah. That's right. We, we, we could go. Oh my Did God, you give them right. back? Do you yeah. still we have them? We had keys. Probably. We had keys. Still. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we lived right. in that building. Yeah. We had access 24 hours a day. Oh, my gosh. You know, being in that building at 2 or 3 in the morning, it was home. You were walking around in your socks. <laughs> right? You just yeah. you took your shoes. You were up and down the stairs. Like, it was it was home. You had friends on different floors, and you would go visit them. But so, so yeah, I mean, that building definitely you know, holds a unique place, I think, in all of our mm-hmm. hearts. Oh, fantastic. It was a different when we were driving in, though. It is a different campus now, yeah. basically. It really, yeah. and not just by some of the building inserts. Like, they were building, uh, finishing up the Zollner Art Center. When, and yeah. we did all this sort of structural analysis of that building when I was in graduate school. So I have one final question for you. Um, if you were to walk out of this door and meet your 19 or 20-year-old self on campus... What advice would you give them? Revit. <laughs> well, we, just, we just gave people advice in the other class. Yeah. You're useless without Revit. <laughs> that was Andrew's words. Right. Like, yeah. I was like, no, you're still very useful to society. I mean, we were, we were coaching up some of the students in, in Christina Usler's class a little bit in really focusing on designing your career at a young age and, and really seeing where you want to go in life. And mapping it out, knowing there will be bumps in the road and Mm -hmm. obstacles. And so myself back then, I was very focused. I grew up in a family that was very focused on moving to the next step instantaneously with Mm. no gap or space in between. And no meandering. And no meandering. (laughs) Yeah. And 
my brother was more the rebellious one in my family and did a lot more meandering, and he turned out okay. <laughs> and I, He's I a professor wish, at Yale. Oh, yeah, he, he did okay. I, I, he did okay. <laughs> I, I wish that I had not traveled such a straight line mm. and that I saw different approaches to how to move your career, how you t- transition from undergraduate to graduate school graduate school to career. Yeah. I wish I, I saw that a little differently yeah. rather than rushing through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would tell people, uh, I, I agree 100% with what Andrew said, but as a specific sort of instruction, I would say take time off between college and grad school mm-hmm. and go work. Mm-hmm. Immerse yourself in an environment, if you can do it, for a year or two, get that experience under mm-hmm. your belt. Because when you do go to grad school, if, assuming that's where you're going to pursue it, yeah. you'll have a much more, a much better understanding of what you want to get out of it. Yeah. I think that it, exactly like Andrew's describing, whether it's in the structure of school or not, is also important because that's what like I, I kind of was reflecting earlier in the in the in Christine's class that I went to Lehigh for five years because I went to Italy for a year mm-hmm. as my senior year, mm. and you couldn't graduate from being abroad. At yeah, you had to come back. Yep. Maybe that's still the issue. And what that allowed me was um, my fifth year, I didn't have a lot of credits left that I needed to take. So I devoted all of my time to photography. Mm. Doug Mason was the photo teacher back then, who was also part of the arts department and the art and architecture department. Was it in Chandler Elman, too? In Chandler yep. Elman. The, 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 um, uh, the dark room was in Chandler Elman. The, the level. Yeah, it was low. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And I just spent a ton of time learning photography, shooting photography, and bartending. And mm-hmm. so I, I didn't, you know, my my overhead was very low. Yep. I could work a little bit, and I could get, you know, spend the time being really creative in something in yep. an area that was of huge interest to me. I tried to do something similar during grad school. It was not, didn't quite, didn't quite work that, yeah. that same way. But I was lucky enough in my growing up, like college career, to work for the family business, which was heavy construction, mm. right? So sand and stone, gravel pits, and concrete, and you know, real exciting of, stuff. Yeah. You know, big, so, big like diggers. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Which, you know, sounds really exciting. It's a little dusty, but um, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, that that was part of my sort of learning trajectory. So, I, I think Andrew's right. Like, if you're to give anybody advice out of the gate, is is make sure you stop and smell the roses for yep. a second. Right? You do and, it once. And and because this is a one-time shot. Yeah. But as we were saying before, and as I was sort of jokingly saying, learn Revit, <laughs> like, get really good at the skills. Yeah. Get, just do your best to get good at the skills. Mm-hmm. Be, a, be very, um, t- whether you're going to go into architecture or any sort of other area of the art, the broader sort of umbrella of art, architecture, and design. Yeah. Being sort of... Um, being able to use the tools as an expert only helps. It only helps in yeah. any different way, wherever. It gives you the opportunity to kind of pick your your direction mm-hmm. and design your career. Mm-hmm. You know, just when you're really great at the skills, you can do anything. I'd also say, like, hmm. make exercise a habit when you're younger. Yeah. <laughs> make healthier choices with your diet. Learn how to self-advocate. I mean, I would tell myself a lot of things not related to career that could hopefully put you yeah, on a better right? middle-aged path. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Thank you so, so much. This conversation has been such – I've had a blast. I hope you've all enjoyed yourselves. It seems like you have. And thank you for coming back to Lehigh um, and for being here on this podcast. Thank you very much. It's very fun talking into these microphones. Isn't it? It feels you feel very enjoyable. special. Yeah. 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 It feels legit. Yeah. Yeah. It is legit. You guys are totally legit. Yeah. Love well, the buildup was great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. 
This has been Go-Getters, a podcast from Lehigh University about the people, places, and programs that are making the future. I'm Isa Bolaños, a third-year architecture student in the Department of Art, Architecture, and Design at Lehigh. My time at Lehigh has been a remarkable journey of self-discovery and growth. The vibrant AAD community has allowed me to dive into the intricate world of architecture in the areas I am most passionate about, thanks to the immense support and guidance of my professors. The department's rich resources, from innovative studios to a variety of grant opportunities, have provided me with the tools necessary for the true exploration of the architecture discipline before I embark on my graduate architecture studies. Special thanks to host Kate Raculia, media production specialist Jared Brown, and the Lehigh University Office of Development and Alumni Relations. Go inside the episode at lehigh.edu slash gogetters to learn more about workshop APD's projects and work, and check out our other episodes about the exceptional Lehigh people making a difference in the world. Subscribe to Go Getters wherever you listen to podcasts, and please take a moment to rate and review the show to help grow our listenership.